When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter-by-chapter analysis of the Twilight Saga, starting with Twilight. Today we'll be looking at Chapter 9, titled Theory. Okay, so where we left off, Edward had just rescued Bella from being raped, essentially, and then took her to go eat some ravioli. In amongst all of that action, he pretty much said, yeah, I'm a vampire, yeah, I can read minds, and yeah, I wanted to kill you. And if you'll remember, they're in the car. And that's when Edward says, all right, now it's your turn. So we go straight into it. I don't actually know why this is a new chapter because yeah, we just pick pick up straight away. And the last line wasn't really an enthralling cliffhanger, but it's what we're doing. So, So she says, can I just ask one more? She pleads as Edward accelerated much too quickly down the quiet street. He didn't seem to be paying any attention to the road. Now, this is one big thing in this chapter. He just apparently has super driving skills. Did Bella uncover that in her research? That vampires are really good drivers? (laughs) That just the the laws of car dynamics just don't apply to vampires? I guess what she's saying is that vampires have such good perceptions. They, They see so far ahead, they're really quick, that they can just drive great. So she wants to ask another question. He says one, and his lips pressed together in a cautious line. Hmm. I don't really know what that would look like. Like a grimace? And Bella, talking to a vampire who can read minds, the biggest question that she has is, you said you knew I hadn't gone into the bookstore and that I had gone south. I was just wondering how you knew that. (laughs) Why is that her number one priority question right now? And he sort of doesn't want to answer it. And she's like, come on, I thought we were past all this evasiveness. And so he almost smiles, but he doesn't. And he says, I followed your scent. He looks at the road, giving her time to compose her face. So I guess she's worried about her face betraying whatever emotion she's feeling. She doesn't tell us what the emotion is. She even says she couldn't think of an acceptable response. So she just filed it carefully away for future study. I mean, remember back in biology, she thought her hair stunk. But she thought, oh no, my hair smells like strawberries. Why does he think I stink? <laughs> but she just doesn't have, an, doesn't have an emotional response at all now. And then she pulls him up on one of her other questions from last chapter, which is about the mind reading. Great. We, need, we needed to hear this. Thank you, Bells. So she's like, can you read anybody's mind anywhere? How do you do it? Can the rest of your family do it? 
And he says, no, it's just him. He can't hear anyone else. He has to be really close to someone to read their minds, but if he's tuned into their voice, then he can sort of hear them from further away. And he says to cope, he mostly just tunes everyone out so he can seem normal. And he frowns as he says the word normal. <laughs> so his, his mouth went from that line to now like a frown. <laughs> and, Bella, and Bella says, well, why do you think you can't hear me? And then he looks at her and he's like, I don't know. And his eyes are enigmatic. And so he explains it to her being like, I feel like your thoughts are on an AM frequency and I'm only getting FM. And then he grins at her, suddenly amused. So his mouth is just doing a lot this chapter. We're just like a page in and he's going from a straight line to a frown to a smile. He's, he's very expressive. And then she's like, my mind doesn't work right. I'm a freak. And she gets really bothered by that. So old mate smelling her, tracking her scent across Port Angeles. That's fine. That's fine. But she's a freak because he can't read her mind. She's the freak. And she just goes into some sort of spiral from that. She's not well. And she says she probably was bothered so much because the speculation hit home. She'd always suspected and it embarrassed her to have it confirmed that her mind worked differently. And I'm like, bitch, every teenager feels like that. Why does your mind work better? Because you prefer to read Jane Austen books in the backyard rather than watching Netflix. Like that don't make you special, sweetie. I think at her heart, Bella is just an emo teen. She's just an emo. Remember emos? I feel like emos are no longer a thing. I remember back in like 2005 when the Twilight books came out, people were emo. They would dye their hair black. They would paint their nails black. They would start listening to the emo music. Anyway, it seemed to be a whole subculture, and now I don't think that exists anymore. I'm not hanging out at high school, so I can't really tell you for sure, but it just seems like emos have gone out of fashion. Maybe that's because we as a society are more embracing our emotions now, and it's not so different for someone to be so moody. We're all moody, I guess. And Edward agrees with me. He says, I hear voices in my mind, and you're worried that you're the freak, and then he laughs. And I don't think that's the best thing to do when you're trying to console someone into feeling like they're not a freak. Like you don't laugh at them. And he's like, well, don't worry, it's just a theory. And then his face tightens. His face is just doing bloody cartwheels. And he says, which brings us back to you. And then she sighs because she wants to deflect and not talk about herself. And he's like, aren't we past all the evasions now? Just like throwing her words back at her. But I'm still thinking, Edward, you're, you're the supernatural being. What do you have to ask of her? Why is she being interrogated all of a sudden? It just doesn't make any sense why there's this back and forth between them. It's not necessary. She's not that interesting, as I've said every week for the past six weeks. And it's at this point that she notices how fast Edward is going and he's actually speeding. And she says, holy crow, slow down. <laughs> so we get another holy crow. <laughs> I think she just doesn't like swearing. That's why she's saying, holy crow. <laughs> but I just don't know how to say holy crow without it sounding bogan and Australian. Holy crow. <laughs> and then he's like, what? What's wrong? <laughs> and she's like, mate, you're going 100 miles an hour. And she's like starting to panic because she's like, that's far too fast. And she can see that everything's blurring along past her. And he says, oh, relax, Bella. And he rolls his eyes and still doesn't slow down. <laughs> So for someone who is so protective of her, doesn't want her to fall into the ocean, doesn't want her to get hit by trucks, he's more than willing to get in a car crash with her because he's, he's like, I'm fine. 
And she's like, are you trying to kill us? And he's like, we're not gonna crash. I always drive like this. And then he smiles crookedly at her. His mouth is just, it's in a line, it's up, it's down, it's doing the hokey pokey. He's just doing a lot of mouth work. She's like, keep your eyes on the road. And he's like, I've never been in an accident, Bella. And I've never even gotten a ticket. And he taps his forehead and he says, built-in radar detector. I'm like, you're being awful smug for someone who drinks blood. And she's like, Charlie's a cop, remember? And she's fuming. She's so angry. And she's like, if you turn us into a Volvo pretzel around a tree trunk, you can probably just walk away. Volvo pretzel around a tree trunk. That's, (laughs) that's a good line. Nice one, Steph. And he's like, oh, probably. He agrees with a short, hard laugh. So that's like, probably. (laughs) Sorry. Probably. (laughs) Let me try it again. Probably. But you can't. And then he sighs. So it's probably. But you can't. (laughs) So then he slows down just to 80 miles an hour, which still seems pretty fast. And he's like, you happy? And she's like, yep. And then he's muttering, complaining about driving slow. And she's like, is this slow? And he says, enough commentary on my driving. I'm still waiting for your latest theory. And I was like, yeah, Edward, thank you for bringing us back to the point. Stephanie lures us in thinking, here's the chapter where you're going to get all the revelations. Here's where you're going to get all the information. And then we just spend a whole page and a half talking about how fast Edward drives. That's not what we care about. We want to know why he can go into the sun. That's all we want to know. And why is he at high school? So they get back to talking about it. And so she bites a lip, take a drink, and his honey eyes are unexpectedly gentle. Take, take another drink when his eyes are described in a weird fashion. Honey eyes unexpectedly gentle. Far out. And he's like, I won't laugh. And she's like, I'm more worried that you'll be angry with me. So she's, she's got anxiety about telling him her theories that he's a vampire. It's like, honey's already told you that he is a vampire. So he's like, well, how'd you come up with this theory? And she's like, yeah, my, my old family friend, Jacob Black, happened to say something. And she's just watching him the whole time while she's talking. And his expression is frozen in place. And so she's like, yeah, we went for a walk. And he started telling me some old legends. And she's just like glossing over the fact that she was flirting with him. And she's like, he told me one. And she like, doesn't want to say it. And he's like, well, go on. And she said, it was about vampires, okay? (laughs) Why are you skirting the issue? You pretty much just had dinner with him telling you all of this. And she's like, oh, oh, I better cover my tracks so I don't throw Jacob under the bus. Um, Wouldn't want to start a gang war between werewolves and vampires like West Side Story sharks and the Jets. God, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) Oh, imagine that. Charlie could be Officer Krupke. Bella could be the bitch that dies at the end. <laughs> so pretty much she just says, yeah, I, tr- I got Jacob alone and I tricked it out of him. And he's like, how'd you do that? And she's like, well, I tried to flirt with him, okay? And it worked better than I thought it would. And disbelief colored her tone as she remembered it. Ah, uh, no self-esteem. And he says, oh, I would have liked to have seen that and chuckles darkly. So that's sort of a, I'd like to have seen that. <laughs> A dark chuckle. (laughs) The way she describes how Edward speaks and laughs, it's just not grounded in realism. (laughs) It's just not. Has anyone here heard a dark chuckle that belongs to a 17-year-old heartthrob? Like, no, it doesn't fit. 
And he's like, well, and you accused me of dazzling people. Poor Jacob. And then she blushes. <sighs> Take another drink. Are you drunk yet? And then he's like, well, what'd you do next? And she said, I did some research on the internet. <laughs> Surely we didn't talk like that back then. I did some research on the internet. <laughs> no, 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 just say Google. I just did some research on the internet. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, and? And he's acting like he's not very interested, but his hands are clamped hard onto the steering wheel. So that makes Bella think that he is interested. And I was like, maybe he's just clamping down hard because he's speeding. And she's like, well, nothing really fit. Most of it all just seems silly. And then, and he's like, what? And she's like, well, I decided it didn't matter. And he's like, what didn't matter? What? And his tone makes her look up. And she's like, I'd finally broken through his carefully composed mask. And I was like, no, what mask? He's been smiling, he's been frowning. And, and now he's incredulous and angry. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter to me what you are. And then he's like, you don't care if I'm a monster, if I'm not human. And he's got like a mocking edge in his voice. So you don't care if I'm a monster, if I'm not human. And she's like, nope. <laughs> she's so chill. Bella is far too chill. Oh, and now he's staring straight ahead again and his face is bleak and cold. We are getting an update on Edward's face every three paragraphs. She's like, you're angry. Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. And he says, no, but his tone was as hard as his face. This all got published. <laughs> like she said tone three times in this chapter now. So they have a little angry fight and he's like, well, does it matter? And she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. And he's like, it doesn't matter. And then she's like, well, not really. And she's like, but I am curious. I'll give you that. So then we get that bit of dialogue that was in all the Twilight movie trailers where he says, what are you curious about? And she says, how old are you? And he says, 17. She says, and how long have you been 17? And he says, a while. I mean, that's, that's good writing. <laughs> that's great writing. But the conversation's happening in a car, which isn't very cinematic. So you can see why they changed it to, I think, in the forest in the movie. Much better. And also his lip twitches while he says a while. So he's just doing a lot of lip work this chapter. A lot of lip stuff. After he says he's been 17 for a while, she says, okay. And she smiles, pleased that he was being honest. <laughs> Have more follow-up questions. like. Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> so she asks the question that we all want to know, which is, how can you come out during the daytime? And he laughs, even though he just said he wouldn't laugh. And he says, myth. And she's like, what about burned by the sun? Myth. Sleeping in coffins? Myth. So he's just given one word answers, but we'll have to take what we can get. And then he says, oh, actually I can't sleep. And then it takes her a whole minute to absorb that before she responds saying, at all? A whole minute. Read minds. She's like, yep. <laughs> Been 17 for a while. Okay, straight away. But he can't sleep. And she was like, oh, that's a bridge too far for me, mate. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute to sit with that. <laughs> what an awkward minute that would have been in the car. I bet Edward's just thinking, God, that's what did it. <laughs> that's what scared her. <laughs> that's what pushed her over the edge. This, the no sleeping thing. And it does seem, because a peculiar tone entered his voice, that he's more self-conscious about the sleep thing than about the wanting to kill her when he first met her thing. And yes, she did use the word tone again. But yeah, so, yep, after a full minute of just sitting in silence in the car, she says, at all, and he says, never. But his voice was nearly inaudible. Never. <laughs> and then he looks at her with a wistful expression with his golden eyes, and she loses her train of thought. Ah. <sighs> 
So he says, you haven't asked me the most important question yet. And his voice is hard. How's a voice hard? I just, and his eyes are cold. So his voice is hard and his eyes are cold. Just in case you were wondering what his voice and his eyes were like. All right, it's like she she submitted a first draft and then the editor said, you need to describe things more. And she's like, well, you asked for it. I'll tell you how, he, how hard his voice is for every bit of dialogue that he has. Far out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Didn't know he was wearing a beige turtleneck to last chapter, but, but we know all about his eyes. All about it. And so he says, aren't you concerned about my diet? And she's like, oh, that. <laughs> Again, she just doesn't care about the important things. And he's like, yes. And his voice was bleak. And he says, don't you want to know if I drink blood? And she flinches. (laughs) She's not ready to have this conversation. She's not emotionally mature enough for this. There, I've said it. She says, well, Jacob did say something about that. And he said, what did Jacob say? Flatly. And she says, yeah, Jacob said your family didn't really hunt people and that you're not meant to be dangerous because you just hunt animals. And he says, he said we weren't dangerous. And his voice was deeply skeptical, just in case you were wondering what his voice was like. So she's like, well, is that right? Like, do you not hunt people? And he pretty much says, yeah, we don't hunt people. But don't let that make you complacent. We are still dangerous. And she's like, what? I don't understand. And he says, we're usually good at what we do, but sometimes we make mistakes. Me, for example, allowing myself to be alone with you. And she's like, that's a mistake with sadness in her voice. So just in case you were wondering what her voice was like. So then she has a little freak out that time's moving too fast and the walls are down and she just wants to embrace it and have a nice chat with him. And so she's like, tell me more. And he looks at her because he's startled by the change in her tone. This is just word of the day is tone. And she says, tell me why you hunt animals instead of people. And her voice is tinged with desperation, just in case you want to know what a voice sounds like. She realizes her eyes are wet and she fights against the grief that was trying to overpower her. So I don't know why she's feeling grief. She's messed up. And he says, I don't want to be a monster. And his voice is very low now, just in case you're wondering what his voice was like. And she's like, but aren't animals enough? And he's like, well, yeah, but it's sort of like, living on tofu and soy milk. We call ourselves vegetarians, our little inside joke. It doesn't completely satiate the hunger or the thirst, but it keeps us strong enough to resist most of the time. (laughs) I was like, this is very offensive to vegetarians. (laughs) As a vegetarian, it's fine living off of tofu and soy milk, even though you can eat lots of other stuff. And it's not like people who eat tofu walk around all day feeling hungry. Like stomachs get filled. (laughs) I think Stephanie thinks vegetarians are just walking around hungry (laughs) all day and like stare at meat just longingly. Like, you know, in those like cartoons when cartoon characters are hungry and then the person they're talking to suddenly looks like a pizza (laughs) or or, like looks like a hot dog. I think Stephanie thinks that vegetarians walk around 
picturing people as a big giant steak because they're just always hungry apparently. (laughs) Very offensive to the vegetarian community. And also exclusively hunting animals and eating animals doesn't make you a vegetarian, Edward. And guys, then his tone turned ominous. Tone. Have we got a tone count? I feel like I want to just go back and count every time she says tone because it's a lot. Dialogue scenes are not her strong suit, but his tone is ominous and he's like, it's sometimes difficult for us. And she's like, you mean like right now? And he's like, yep. (laughs) And she says, no, but you're not hungry now because of your eyes. And he's like, huh? She's like, I've noticed that your eyes change when you're hungry and that they look crabbier. And he just chuckles and he's like, you are observant, aren't you? Even though a few chapters ago he said she was exceptionally unobservant. But she doesn't answer. She just listens to the sound of his laugh, committing it to memory. Oh, fucking desperado. And then he pretty much says, yes, he went hunting on the weekend, but he was anxious to be away from her. And this line's really weird. She says, his eyes were gentle, but intense. And they seem to be making my bones turn soft. What the hell does that mean? My bones turn soft. It's like the opposite of a boner. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I wasn't joking when I asked you to not try and fall into the ocean the other day. I was actually worrying about you. And I'm thinking, God, that's just too much. Too much. And like, Edward, I know she's immortal, but you've got to give her a break. Like, you can't just be walking around under the assumption that she'll die. Even though she, she attracts catastrophes, remember? But like, come on. You're being a bit much, Edward anxious all weekend, worried that she'd die. Like, take a chill pill, take a Xanax, take a Valium and relax. Although vampires, I'm assuming, probably can't take medication. (gasps) See, why isn't she asking these questions? If I was in a car with a vampire, I'd be like, can you drink alcohol? Can you take meds? Like, at least True Blood went into some of this stuff. Remember True Blood? In true blood, like they would get bloodborne diseases like HIV and stuff. Like that's, that's real. We want our vampires to be realistic. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, so it was a very long three days for me worrying about you. And then he smiles ruefully. And she's like, three days? I thought you got back today. And he's like, no, we got back on Sunday, silly. And she's like, well, then why weren't you at school? And now she's angry. And he's like, well, it was still sunny. And even though the sun doesn't hurt me, I can't go out in the sunlight. And she says, why? And he says, well, I'll show you sometime. And then she's like, well, you could have called me. (laughs) So now she's being precious. And he's like, I knew you were safe. And she's like, but I didn't know where you were. And I'm like, you weren't boyfriend, girlfriend yet. Like, are you even boyfriend, girlfriend now? I'm, I'm assuming you're boyfriend, girlfriend now. But like, he didn't owe you shit. You didn't owe him shit. You're just biology partners at the end of the day. That's as far as your relationship extends. And okay. And then he says what his velvety voice was compelling. How can his voice be velvety and compelling with just one word? What? (laughs) And then she's like, it made me anxious not seeing you. And then she blushes. Take a drink. So then Edward has a little freak out because he's like, ah, I shouldn't be having this effect on you, Bella. I shouldn't be making you miserable. And his eyes are anguished and his voice is low, but urgent. (laughs) His voice is either low or hard. (laughs) Like there's no in between. It's never high or soft. It can be velvety and quiet. (sighs) 
And he's like, it's wrong, Bella. I'm not safe. I'm dangerous. Please grasp that. And she's like, yeah, I know you drive like a maniac. (laughs) No, she didn't say that. And she's like, no, I told you it doesn't matter what you are. It's too late. And then, oh, sorry. And then his voice is low and harsh as he says, never say that. (laughs) So he went from having a low urgent voice to a low harsh voice. That's a big change. Uh, And she bites her lip again, take a drink. And he's like, what are you thinking? And his voice is now raw. Just in case you were wondering what his voice was like. And he's like, are you crying? And he sounds appalled. (laughs) Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying in baseball, Bella. (laughs) Uh, He's the weirdest guy with his, with how his voice sounds. Are you crying? And she says, I hadn't realized the moisture in my eyes had brimmed over, even though she told us earlier that she was about to cry, whatever. And she rubs a hand across her face and she's like, yep, there are my traitor tears betraying me. And then she says, no, but her voice cracks. I said, no. (laughs) So then he says, I'm sorry with his voice burned with regret, just in case you're wondering what his voice sounded like. And then they sit in silence and he's like, tell me something. And she could hear him struggle to use a lighter tone, tone again. Like, I'm not making this up. She, She uses the word tone again. They chat a little bit more about inconsequential shit. Still not following up about the whole not sleeping, drinking blood stuff, but whatever. And she's like, will I see you tomorrow? And he's like, yep, I'll save you a seat at lunch. Him just saying that like gives her butterflies in her stomach and renders her speechless. I tell you what, it's just the lowest bar for Bella. The lowest. So then they get to Charlie's house and he's like, all right, get out. And so then creepy Bella she takes off his jacket and takes one last whiff. <laughs> Gross. Like, there's no way she's doing that subtly. <laughs> and then he says, Bella, in a different tone, serious, but hesitant. So for those of you on Tone Watch, this is tone mention number 38 for this chapter. And he's like, will you promise me something? And she's like, yes. And he says, don't go into the woods alone. And she's a bit confused by that. And he says, I'm not always the most dangerous thing out there. Let's leave it at that. Ooh, fun foreshadowing. And I was like, oh yeah, remember in the prologue when she was about to get killed? (laughs) Can't wait for that to happen. Let's fast forward to that. (laughs) It's pretty, it's pretty heavy handed foreshadowing. Like, I'll bet you in three chapters time, we're meeting someone in the woods. (laughs) It just came out of nowhere. But Steph was like, oh, better get that foreshadowing in. (laughs) Oh, and when he said that, there was also sudden bleakness in his voice, just in case you're wondering what his voice sounded like. And then she's just about to get out of the car and he's like, Bella. And she's like, yeah. And he says, sleep well. And his breath blows in her face, stunning her. (laughs) It was the same exquisite scent that clung to his jacket, but in a more concentrated form. (laughs) She's fucking creepy. And so that dazes her so much, she has to like, step out of the car using the frame for support. And then she's stumbling up to the front door. <laughs> she can't walk straight because of his breath. He drives off and then Charlie's like, oh, hey, Bella, how was it? And she's like, yeah, it was great. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, maybe I need to go lie down. So suddenly she is all dizzy, but I think it's just the sugar high. Remember, she just had three and a half giant cups of Coke. This is the sugar high finally kicking in. It's not love. <laughs> it's, it's not infatuation. It's just, it's a good old fashioned sugar high in a full bladder. That's what that is. And like, she goes into the kitchen, she falls over exhausted into a chair and she really is dizzy. And she's like, maybe I am going into shock. I, I'm telling you, it's the Coke. 
it's the Coke. So the phone rings and it's, and it's Jess and Jess is like, Hey, what the hell happened? And she's like, I'll fill you in. Charlie's listening. Just bring my jacket to school tomorrow. Cool. Got it. In that bit of dialogue, Jessica's voice goes from being relieved and surprised. And then Bella hears impatience in her voice. So Jessica's voice is going through a lot as well. So then Bella gets ready for bed. And then when she's in the shower with the water too hot, burning her skin, she realizes that she's freezing and she shudders violently for several minutes before the steaming spray can finally relax her rigid muscles. What the hell was that? Right? Like she's freezing in a boiling hot shower. What were in those Cokes? (laughs) She's, she's having a come down. That's what this is. She's, this is what happens to drug addicts when they stop having drugs. She's having a come down. I saw this in like Walk the Line and Ray and all those movies about rock stars who get addicted to drugs. She's getting withdrawals. She's got Edward withdrawals. It's not a healthy relationship. So she goes to bed and then like, as she's falling asleep, three things become evident to her. And she's absolutely positive about these three things. So the first one is Edward's a vampire. And then the second one is that there was a part of him She didn't know how much that thirsted for her blood. Again, he he told you both of those things. And the third thing is that she was unconditionally in love with him. Fuck off. It's too soon. You don't even know his middle name or if he has a middle name. You don't know what year he was born. You don't know any of his likes and dislikes. All the conversations they've had are of been about him being dangerous. So the only thing she really knows about him is that he's dangerous. He tried to kill her, saved her life a couple of times. Give him that. He's a good driver and he, he hunts animals. <laughs> that's it. But nope, she's in love with him. And that's the end of the chapter. Uh, it's, I know it's, it's, it's the main conceit of these books that they fall in love. So I'm not going to harp on about it as much. Next chapter, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll do my best. I gotta say, I hope we don't have any more dialogue heavy chapters because she was just overdoing it with the descriptions of the voice and of tone. Uh, That killed me. That killed me. Did it kill you? Let me know. Send me an email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or a tweet to podbreakingdown on Twitter. And I think I'll see you next week for chapter 10, Interrogations. Oh, which immediately makes me think it's more dialogue. Uh, Fun, fun, fun. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.